Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Science Snacks. It's me, your science liaison with a face designed for podcasting, Eric. It's been a while since our last episode and I hope you're doing well. Um, I've been working on a lot of different projects and, well, I thought it was about time to get back to Science Snacks. So today we're looking at what makes a six-pack. Or at least the science behind six packs. Uh, they are the forever elusive goal of many an individual, and a, a challenge for many people who look at their tummy and they say, "Well, you know, I, I think this can be better." Um, and so today, let's actually look at like what the science says about this six pack. We'll be looking at a handful of different papers. Many of these were featured on Jeff Nippard's show where he discusses the six-pack and the exercises associated with them and proper dieting and stuff. Uh, so shout out to Jeff Nippard and we'll be going over several of those papers and be looking at what the science actually says about how you could get a six-pack. So what exactly are the abs? The abs are a set of muscles, and these muscles can be broken up into different groups. So you have the transverse abdominis, you have the rectus abdominis, and then you have the internal and external obliques. Uh, so we can think of this as, you know, four distinct muscle groups, or three if you just want to say the obliques and not differentiate between the external and internal, uh, though they do drastically different things. But the biggest one, the, the one that we all think of as the, you know, six-pack themselves, or even the eight-pack, is the rectus abdominis. So, in order to get proper abs, you have to grow those muscles, and then through dieting and, and leanness, though, though dieting is now a, a taboo word, through proper nutrition, you can then expose those abs. You can, you can reveal them, but first you have to have the appropriate musculature there. And this is where we get to problems that many individuals face, many who, let's say, are trying to deprive themselves of calories, even individuals that are dealing with you know, eating disorders like anorexia or bulimia, they look at themselves and they don't see those, those, that musculature, that six-pack, those abs, even though they may be immensely lean. Well, the reason for that is because that musculature isn't built up. Instead, you are just, you know, having the abs there uh, underneath. They're not, they're not large. They're not showing themselves. So you have to first build up the abs the same way you would build up your, your biceps or your glutes or something like that. And then you would then lean them out and expose them. And that thus reveals the abs. The real problem is trying to figure out, you know, how to properly grow these abs. And then the challenge uh, that everyone struggles with is how to lose that weight and then reveal those abs. So first, let's look at papers that talk about the best way to build your abs. Now, there is a large body of research talking about progressive overload, and this is the one best way, the single idea that you should hang on to if you're uh, doing this. It took me 16 years of weightlifting wrong, <laughs> but uh, to find out this idea, 
that you should, instead of just going into the gym and, you know, working uh, your muscles in a variety of different ways, instead pick a handful of well-chosen exercises and then add a rep or increase the weight or something like that within particular ranges every single week. So maybe you do nine reps this week, next week 10 reps, 11, 12, and then, oh, let's drop to eight as we increase the weight and then go all the way back up to 12. Know, and then you know do that week after week making slow and steady progress tracking and trending your work so that over time you're making forward progress gaining strength and in turn that musculature and that will build or cause hypertrophy in those muscles now what types of exercises i kind of skimmed over their well chosen exercises is the real challenge so if you have a well built program and you're progressively overloading, you're adding weight, adding reps in whatever you're doing, you are going to gain strength and in turn muscle, causing hypertrophy in your muscles. But let's talk about the exercises that people do for abs. So abs are not like, you know, some special group, some special thing that requires, you know, intense short rest periods and crazy amounts of volume. You can work them the same way that you would, you know, do curls for arms or bench press for chest or something like that. So abs aren't this special and unique thing aside from the fact that they're just kind of differently structured and you have to tackle their structure in a variety of different angles. So in our first paper that we're interested in, we look at one that was from Cassie Hildebrand. Hildebrand? There we go. Uh, It's called Abdominal Muscle Activity While Performing Trunk Flexation Exercises Using the Ab Roller, Ab Slide, Fit Ball, and Conventionally Performed Trunk Curls. And they measured Electrical activity uh, from the upper and lower abs in association with a variety of different exercises. Uh, What they found was that you can isolate upper and lower abs, separating them in different types of trunk curls. They also found that the ab slide and the fit ball resulted in greater involvement of the hip flexors, which is kind of an undesirable trait. If I'm focusing on my abdominal muscles, I don't want my hip flexors to be getting, you know, some of the weight. I want to focus in and get the most I can out of contracting my abs. So from that, we would say that maybe these things aren't as good at isolating. They might be good for, you know, general use, but perhaps there are other alternatives out there. You can isolate between the upper and the lower abs. That's pretty reasonable, but you can't be like, oh, I only want the upper top two abs or like something like that. You, the abs work in, you know, a spectrum to where you'll have a little bit of activation of some and a lot of activation of the other, but you can't completely isolate. And with that, you can uh, choose exercises that focus on maximizing the, the focus on particular areas. These papers also examine the uh, ability to use crunches to provide that progressive overload. Um, there's uh, some controversy around crunches. Some people think they're great. Some people think, oh, they, they hurt your back. Um, and the research tends to suggest that if you're using crunches and supplement to a total body workout, that you're not just using crunches, but also doing other exercise like squats, deadlifts, uh, bench presses, things like that, that there's no negative side effects associated with doing crunches. And crunches can be an effective way, even weighted crunches, to progressively overload and build those abs, provide that hypertrophy, that, that building of musculature for your abs. 
So that gives us something for the upper abs. Now there is a paper by Bohek, Brunzein, and Buskies, which I hope I'm pronouncing that correct as always, uh, but they showed that the greatest lower abdominal activation is through uh, hanging leg raises or hanging knee raises, which makes sense because those lower abs, their purpose is to bring up your hips and your legs to, to provide this tilt in your hips relative to your torso. So if we're flexing those, we're bringing those up against the force of gravity, that means that we will gain musculature there. And you can weight those. You can put weights on your feet or hold a dumbbell with your feet and lift that and progressively overload that musculature, gaining that strength in the same way that we've talked about before. The only real way to gain hypertrophy is to hypertrophy gosh, is to progressively overload and build up that strength and in turn the musculature. You can gain strength without necessarily gaining musculature, but that comes down to neurological refinements um, and, and is a whole separate process that, you know, just gaining pure strength, ha it has limitations without trying to, you know, trigger hypertrophy. Um, so, with that, that gives us an upper body movement. That gives us a lower body movement. Now, let's look at side body movements, or, or how do we activate those obliques? The purpose of the obliques and the traverse abdominis is to bring the body not only to the side, so to tilt your upper body like you were, you know, going to going to tilt sideways and pet a kitty cat or something like that, uh, but also to make your body go across to reach to the other side, like take your right hand and reach past your left hip. And that motion is caused by your obliques and your traverse abdominis. So to do cross body motions that you know activate that, that abdominal area is, is crucial for that development. And the exact same way that you can isolate with those, you can isolate according to the, the appropriate biomechanical movement. So one of the things that comes across in this research is that if you look at the musculature, so you pull up like a page where it shows, oh, here's how the abs look. And you'll see that kind of like a, a tree trunk or like the inside of a tree, they have striations, they have fibers that go in particular directions. Now, if you follow those fibers, that, that is the direction they contract in. So the obliques, for example, contract up and down. And then the others kind of are kind of a sideways kind of thing to that. Uh, so, so I have one pulled up here, and that. So if we look at the let's say external obliques, and you can follow along if you would like, but the external obliques kind of go pointing in towards your abs. Okay. So if we wanted to activate them, one of the things that we have to do is a cross body motion. Whereas the internal obliques move the opposite way. So we need a, a motion in the opposite direction, kind of a, a downward direction uh, towards the hip. So if you look at the anatomy, one of the things that is very key to always do is if you're going to be doing an exercise, make sure that you're selecting exercises that work the area you're interested in, in the direction of the musculature. Now, I don't want to dive too much deeper into this topic because, you know, we only have 15 minutes together. But uh, one of the important aspects to think about is, okay, so you're building up this musculature, you're, you're gaining. The only true way to gain is to 
cause that hypertrophy, right? Well, you have to progressively overload and you can't make it so that, you know, you're progressively overloading and it's very easy. You have to get close to failure. And so what we talk about in fitness is talking about, you know, getting to one to two reps near failure, getting getting as close as you can to where you are completely unable to do any more reps. And you don't need to take every rep to failure, but you should be taking some of them to failure, especially if you can do so safely. That is the way to cause this large amount of musculature growth that you are looking for. Now, I don't want you to think that, you know, especially if, if you're a female, that, you know, this will cause, you know, you to get bulky and giant abs and all that. It's actually very challenging for anyone but especially females, to get particularly bulky and takes like a lot, uh, years and years of direct effort. And you would be able to, you know, kind of shape your body in the way that you want it to well prior to that. And even guys, you know, it takes concerted effort over a long period of time to get very large and to maintain that largeness. So never fear, you know, putting on muscle and strength. The purpose of your body is to be a tool for you to interact with the world and to, you know, be something that not only makes you feel good, but lets you do the things that you love and enjoy and want to do. For me, I talk about this all the time, but I've had years and years of trying to make my body look exactly like I want. Now I'm finally, because I learned to write things down as a good scientist, I finally combined my fitness and my ability to, uh, you know, do science and write things down together. And so tracking and trending data and making sure that I'm always progressively overloading and I have a consistent way to move forward is is the biggest thing for me. And I've made astounding progress. It's one of the projects I've been working on uh, over the span of just a handful of weeks from just progressive overload. So if you're looking to get that lean six-pack abs, let's talk about what exact exercises I as an Eric, recommend. You should be doing uh, some type of like hanging knee or leg raise, something. Again, with all of these, you want to be able to progressively overload over time. Crunches are super beneficial for working the upper abs, and that, that lower ab will be activated by the hanging knee raise. And again, add weight to these as you progress and move forward. A lot of people uh, will also add in like a reverse crunch or something to activate that lower abs. Uh, but then I recommend doing something like if you have cables or something, maybe even a rubber band, uh, one of those heavy rubber bands, to try doing something called a cable wood chop. And I recommend you look up videos of how exactly to do that to make sure you're doing it correctly. Lastly, I would suggest doing some type of oblique crunch and making sure that, again, you're able to add weight to that each time. Then from there, you just need to build that musculature up. And then through proper dieting, a caloric deficit, continuing this weight training, you will be able to lean down. And the only way to successfully lean down, especially once you become more and more skilled at it, is to have a caloric deficit. Energy in is energy out. You have to shift the equation in some way to make sure that you're losing fat, but not so much so that your body goes into like a starvation mode and you know hangs on to every single piece that it has. And we'll be doing another episode where we talk about that in the future.
So those are the ab exercises that I recommend. That's how you can get a six pack. Remember, it's a slow and steady race. Uh, you can do these, I would say, once to twice per week. You really don't need to do it much more than that. Lean down, focus on building, progressively overloading these exercises. And remember that you are more than how you look. Your body is a tool with which we can use to explore the world and have those interactions with those we love and care about, play games, and enjoy life. It's more than just about having a six-pack, but this is how you have a six-pack. Anyways, that's enough from me. Thanks for listening, and hey, don't forget your safety glasses.